You're listening to Growth Vertical, a podcast that inspires people to reach the next vertical point in their journeys. My name's Neil Patel and I'm a digital marketer. I'll be sitting down to share my experiences to help others find the right strategies to grow themselves, their careers and their businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Growth Vertical. Today we're going to be talking about how to grow your audience and scale a startup or your startup with data-driven content. And I'm joined by Tamara Thompson. Tamara's the CEO of Broadcast Your Authority, a data-driven content agency that specializes in creating marketing and creating micro content. She's directed entrepreneurial films that has sold out in national film festivals and has been seen and sort of approved by companies, big companies out there like IndieFlix who notice her films and acquired them for distribution in the past. And these are only some of her feats. So Tamara, thank you for coming and joining us here today. Uh, it's great to have you here on the episode and for a great topic, honestly. I think it's uh, a topic that a lot of us are talking about these days, considering there's like a massive competitive sort of market out there for content specifically. But before we get into it, let's hear a bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Neil, for having me. I truly appreciate you for inviting me on the show. Uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, I'm the founder of Broadcast Your Authority. I'm an investor. I've invested in over 25 women-owned companies starting during COVID to help um, help teach teach people how to come online a little bit more and help give them a push on the early stage startup. I also invest in real estate and um, I, yeah, Broadcast Your Authority is a, is a great company. It's a team managed company at this point in my life. And um, I speak at a lot of events and on a lot of podcasts. I'm writing my first book and there's a lot of other things that I'm doing. But like you said, my career started back in the filmmaking side of it. And what happened was that story led into the content marketing agency. Little did I know until later, years later, but what happened was um, after being in the production field, I had owned a, a production company. Um, I had some some documentary films that were picked up and acquired by IndieFlix, circled and sold out in film festivals. And those, when YouTube really took off, like let's say like 15, 20 years ago, um, starts dating my age a little bit, but... <laughs> What we did is we took that long form content, which at the time was a documentary, mm-hmm. and we created micro content from it, the short, compelling micro pieces that would get people's attention. And it took off on YouTube. And so we wanted to do more of it. So within the first 10 days, we had over 888,000 views to our channel on one of our films, and it took off. And I was super grateful for the opportunity because it allowed me to say like, wow, what is this YouTube beast? And like, how can I help other people do this? You know, I I was very intrigued by it. And so we took that methodology of actually learning YouTube optimization first. What are people actually searching for versus just creating content? It's a focus of actually creating SEO-based content for YouTube and Google and really put that data first, right? No matter if you're creating a podcast, or YouTube content, it's important to find topics people are actually searching for versus what you believe people want to hear. And so that's our focus for our clients. We do the same system that we did back then, creating micro content from that, but pulling the most compelling and informative pieces of micro content from a long form piece of content. And so that's really 
where it got to be. It started with long form content in documentary um, to micro content on YouTube, which now they have YouTube shorts, which is, is incredible, which of a lot course. of our clients are just like, whoop, you know, <laughs> at this point, but uh, that's where it started. We moved that model into a content marketing agency with the focus of data-driven content for podcasts. So yeah, that's where it really started those back then. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, it so it seems like you had successes, of course, and your own case studies beforehand, and then you found that, hey, this is something I can tap into. And I know I found something, somewhat of a gem, right? Um, and I guess, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but well, of course a, you enjoy it. It's a much it this desired far. industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've always been, um, I've always loved video. My dad bought a camcorder when I was age seven and it was like, you know, those huge camcorders in the eighties that were like bigger than my head. Like I was so the ones that fit on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> VHS. Yeah. VHS tapes, <laughs> the big VHS tapes, not the mini ones. Um, so that's, you know, that, that back in the eighties. So video was always with me and YouTube was with me from the start when it started. And um, yeah, I got in early with YouTube and then like, I knew that I wanted to build more of a company. I had that entrepreneurial mindset because my mom was an entrepreneur. And so I learned young at age nine, actually, I started my own, um, side business with my mom's business at age nine. So I've always had things instilled in me to go after my passion, take action. When you fall right. on your face, get back up and go. There's there, failure is a good thing. <laughs> Anytime you fall, get back up, learn from it and go. And so that's really like what I did on that side. But um, yeah, I led it into things I was passionate about. Like I always, you know, I was in the fitness industry before this and I, I didn't like it. I, I was unhappy. And when I went into video, I was like, this is so cool. Right. And so like I have my own podcast, video marketing for business podcast with the intention that video marketing for business is an actual keyword that people search for. So lead with intention of how you title your topics for your shows and stuff like that and that's what we teach our clients so so yeah it started back with video and it's been there all along and super passionate about anything video micro content you name it podcast <laughs> yeah it's it, you know what it's interesting because you mentioned the the whole video aspects and how it's sort of uh, become a rise to even create video and people actually go into voice now as well right specifically going to podcasts just due to convenience they can listen to things on demand whilst multitasking and with this sort of that I think we're in that sort of content war slash consumption war, if that makes sense. And it's like, how do you, yeah. it's, it's something you talked about the Stand intent out behind from the others though. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I think um, yeah. you mentioned to look at keywords. Now, I think you've probably heard this as well. Yeah. It's, there's two sides to that, that argument, right? And the coin, right? So it's more so we can go after the intent, but then there's certain things that there isn't any demand for just yet but they may be searched in the future. So how do you, how do you balance between those from a more strategic level in the beginning? Is it, is it you, that you have to go after what's there first and then you layer on what you're actually unique with or things like that, just so that you can showcase yourself as an authority or how does that usually work in your eyes? Yeah. So we, we primarily work with businesses that have had a track track record, they have offers set in place and they have a very specific niche. So when you have a specific niche and focus, it's always important to create content to target your audience. Right. If you, you can have a conversational podcast, you can have an inspirational podcast, you can have a hobby podcast, but we work with serious business owners that have a call to action, right? So it's not just always 
of course, related them back to YouTube and things like that and podcasts and asking for reviews to bring better rankings for your show. But there's always an intent to have your call to action at the end. How can it help build your email list? How can it go into an offer? And what is the main goal of the intention of this show? Why are you hosting this show, right? Is it to get more clients and leads? If that's a yes, you know, and you have like, you have your systems in place, those are the type of companies we work with. On the startup level, it's a little bit different. So people are still testing out things. And yes, it's totally okay to test things out. But it is so important to have a niche. You have to be niche down. Right. And don't just throw content on the wall like it's spaghetti because it won't stick. And so that's our primary focus and our target audience are successful business owners that have this point in their life. They may have a successful company and now they're about to build their personal brand. You know, they're the CEOs that have team managed companies and they're out there doing things like speaking on keynotes. They're creating offers. They're doing consulting, you know. So it's a little bit different for startups. You can still get traction. You just have to have that main focus and that niche. If it's a conversational podcast, just put the intent to still have a focus with those conversations as well. Yeah. And there's like a multitude of platforms, right? I think when we talk about that content, if we were, even if we were to dial in the content and have a pure focus there, we found, I mean there's a ton of platforms that we could actually choose from you know tiktok being on the well on the rise i should say that it's technically yeah. already having a really good really good effect or impact on the it's, market but it's also, a great place it's a great place for yeah. podcasts and marketing so like we create micro content for tiktok for certain packages with our clients and but we again are, are very data driven focused so we see what's going on in the top searches in the back end of our clients' YouTube channel on their playlists for their podcasts and the playlists with um, keywords for other types of topics on YouTube. So mm. it's important to have playlists on YouTube that actually are keyword optimized. When we can see what's in the back end, you can do the same thing. So an example, one of our clients, he searched highly for how to buy a business, you know, buying a business. Yeah. So we did the same test with TikTok. People are searching for that stuff on TikTok. He took off and went viral for buying a business on the keywords on TikTok. And you would think it would be similar because the, the audience is following over to TikTok from YouTube, but there's, there's also new audiences. So it's allowing uh, him to appear on the For You page. So we say, hey, let's double down on the buying a business content, pull more micro content from those episodes because right. we see the analytics go up, right? So when your audience speaks, double down on the content that took off or repost or reshare content on YouTube that took off. Like you want to keep getting that suggested content back to YouTube, TikTok, you know, hashtags on Instagram, all that stuff. So it's still an, an intentional play with your podcast, but, but podcasts do actually really well on TikTok, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Do you think that there's a future set of platforms you know, that are ideal for content marketing. Um, like, do you have any opinion on what platforms will be sort of the new ones uh, in the future for content marketing? Yeah, so it really depends on what your focus of your offer is and what your business does, right? So you've got like Discord communities building instead of Facebook groups, you know, what generation is going into what platform? There's always, you know, new new talk of different platforms as well. So yeah. TikTok will probably, you know, be replaced at some point, just like, you know, people 
moved from Facebook to Instagram, you know, like Snapchat, you know, all the things that are going, there's always going to be a new like blast of a social platform that's going to come up. But TikTok definitely is one of those platforms, but it is starting to go into the, because it, it helped drive people to give that virality um, piece the first few years, people like went over there. So they still have this thought that they're they're allowing people to, to go viral consistently. But what we're seeing the last year with TikTok is they're kind of honing in and bringing that back down, right? So they got that big push. And when you do take off and you're creative or have the right keywords that can be you know pushed to the For You page on TikTok, you know, that's, that's unique. But what we're seeing though is they kind of had that that momentum because they allowed people to go viral for a few years, yeah. and now it's kind of going into the pay, pay to play, like Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> so you'll start seeing shifts, but yeah, it depends on where you, you hang out, where your offers are. A lot of people are going into Discord communities, building that way, things like that. Um, you know, there's, gosh, Telegram. There's different people sharing yeah. content in different ways with within community bases. Even even WhatsApp, I've seen used for businesses now as well you get like the business accounts people making full use of those business accounts which is interesting to see um because you would think it's true but if you push out to a community um sorry to interrupt on that no 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 but if you push out to a community uh whatsapp um just be aware it only can push out to 512 individuals in a group whereas like telegram it's like over like two hundred thousand, and discord's like unlimited you know so it's like it's like a broadcast it's a great way to actually (laughs) yeah yeah so you could like well even like twitter spaces right so like people are sharing content in different ways like you can repurpose your podcast you can do a live podcast on a twitter space repurpose that content we have a client that does that they record all their podcasts on their twitter space live Mm -hmm. repurpose that into a podcast and then the micro content goes out everywhere, you know, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts. Um, so it just, it, 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 the first question again is where is your audience hanging out? And, and are you open to just being omnipresent? Just be on all platforms. Even if you don't believe your clients or our audience is there, it's okay to be everywhere because when people do their due diligence and research, they can actually find you and they'll see you pop up everywhere. And that's great because if they're going to your LinkedIn and you don't have any business information there and just you haven't posted in two years, like they might not take you as as credible, right? Yeah. And so it's just important to have the consistency of content. And that's what we create for our clients so that they have that omnipresence, the consistency. And all they do is push record and pass off the content. You know, we provide the direction, do the posting, everything, creation. And so that, that's like the system that we've created for our clients that keep coming back to, to work with us year after year after year, because they're at that point in their business where they can do that. Right. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, all I want to do is push your cord and pass it off. You do the rest. And that's what we do. And that's when people are at that point in their business, like it's a great tool, uh, resource and service to have. So. Yeah. I think, think about it, thinking about it with um, case study in mind sort of thing, even with, with growth vertical itself, right. We usually we usually create long form content of course right in the form of episodes like this for example Mm -hmm. but um, one thing i do as a growth marketer want to explore is the idea behind using shoots to sort of increase the impression count that we get across loads of let's say across loads of episodes and for those specific keywords which is interesting so it's worth a test but do you think Mm -hmm. um 
so sorry, sorry, that that's um this is related to what you were saying, you know, it would be good to test out um in the future. But do you think that there's a common myth about content marketing? Because when you look at content marketing, it's quite or when you listen to anyone talk about it, be like, hey, you should try do some content marketing. It it's almost like business owners feel overwhelmed straight away. Like there's a massive weight just put on their shoulders, like mm-hmm. content marketing. Doesn't that require a lot of time? Doesn't that require a lot of review, et cetera? Um, do you think there's any common myths about content marketing that people should sort of f- forget about? Well, I guess it just depends on where they're at and where their mindset is truly. Yeah. Um, because the content itself, content marketing is just, at this point, it's just needed for a business. Like if you're not marketing your business in the form of content, then you're, you're <laughs> 10 steps behind and you're mm-hmm. behind the shadows of your competition, right? So no matter what type of content marketing that you choose, you know, you can repurpose content if it's video, if it's blogs, if it's podcast, if it's, you know, audio, you know, files, whatever it is, like, it's just important to get the content out there. And if you have anything that you can literally just start to repurpose, that's still valid points that are today, that's not too old of content that wouldn't be re- relatable you know, why not start with repurposing content? You know, if you're a startup company, you know, have a, a team or a freelancer come in and help you start organizing things to get started. You know, when you have a, a successful business, you know, hire an agency that will just come in and do it all for you. Like, that's the whole point with content marketing is like, you shouldn't be focusing on like doing it yourself when you get to certain points because of the fact that it takes a lot of time and energy, like you are saying, and you know, if we're in a startup phase, I don't know about you, but when I was in a startup phase, like I was a CEO, I was running stuff. I was micromanaging. I was a perfectionist. I was like, all that stuff had to be released. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I was like, I can't scale a multi multi-million dollar company or agency by doing that. Right. And so at that point, it's like, what, what, what do I like? Like only focus on the things that I like and are passionate about, which is relationships content and speaking like sharing my message so i was like well i had to let go of that right so now i have a, over uh, 30 team members for our company that does everything for me so if people are looking at the startup phase to build a team managed company as well like what part of that do you really have to be a part of or like because anything else you should just delegate and people always say on the mindset level they might have if you have a lower mindset in the beginning about like oh i can do it better or it's it's cheaper this way it truly isn't because when you start delegating those pieces out like you are allowed to focus on the, the bloodline of your business which is sales and relationships and building those referral partners or or overseeing campaigns that are people are only doing you know going out like myself going out speaking at a lot of events you mm-hmm. know so that people are attracted to learn more about what the service does. Like the more I'm a brand advocate for the company, the more relationships and sales come into the team. And so when we get stuck in the fulfillment of things of our own content marketing strategy, like we're not gonna scale, right? And so it's just, it really depends on, again, where people are at in their business, where their mindset is, but content marketing is not gonna go away. You know, it's been around for years and the people that actually jump in and do something with content are you know they're they have a higher percentage of actually being found seen and heard and have opportunities for people to actually resonate with them so that they can learn more about what their company does because 
typically people resonate with the, the founders because they're the most passionate people of the company when starting it. So, yeah, I think yeah. there was a great point there that you made about this. It was more of a smarter way of working when you try and repurpose content. No one says that you have to produce new content all day, every day, but it's, it's moving the needle, isn't it? So it's even like myself, this, uh, this, believe it or not, this actually started all from someone just asking me a question and then me getting a repeated question two or three times more and me repeating myself essentially. So I was like, why not put that into a form of a video or some form of thread or something and then answer it so that more people can see that way you can just point people to that resource. Right. And now we have this, right. Exactly. <laughs> which is, which we're, we're having a conversation here and it's, it's super interesting. And I think it's a great way because it showcases one personality, but as you're pushing your message across uh, to all these different audiences on these platforms, the businesses or your prospects are able to see that, Hey, well, brand wise, these guys definitely know what they're talking about, but there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Um, and they're obviously very serious about well, it's also, very knowledgeable about it. Well, it's also, it's also about being innovative, innovative too, right? So you can have marketers, you can have companies, you can have agencies. Like one of the biggest things that we've been told by our clients and we have a really great retention rate, really high, very high renewal rate because of the fact of showing that, that in our culture, we care, right? Yeah. We have great communication. We're not, we're not, we're not, not responding in 24 hours. Like the team is very communicative. We care, we bring up ideas to the table that we see something on a trend take off. We literally let our clients know, like, do not be on the trend two months after it like released or a year after it, it released. So if someone's teaching a specific way of a specific type of content, you know, like right now, you know, the, the poppy captions on TikTok and Instagram with the sound effects and stuff like that, that's, that's a style, right, right now. And so like, and before that was like the Gary Vee style with, with the bars on top and the captions, you know, and square videos and stuff like that. Yeah. They still can take off no matter what type of format it is, but you have to understand that these platforms favor certain styles. Like the, it, it's like the algorithm knows that it has this poppy caption and like swooshes and like, you know, <laughs> sound effects that aren't like overloaded. Like it's Absolutely. very intriguing to be like, why is these, why did these take off? And why did they just know? <laughs> right. Like it, it just, the, the platforms are so smart. They just know. And so like when you pay attention, you say, hey, this is the style we're going for. Of course, we'll keep it more on brand. But are you open to this poppy, different, different style? Um, you know, keep it professional. But, you know, this is what's working. Are you open to us recreating a little bit different style for your TikToks, right? And people are like, of course, right? Like we still have our focus of data-driven content, but the format of the style changes and the trends and using trending music you know like you don't have to be dancing in the video you can use a trending music and bring yeah. the volume down and you're now in the trends <laughs> you know so it's it's interesting different things it's just about paying attention to and like having to you know check in with your team every quarter to reevaluate your strategy see what works check your analytics i think it's important to check your analytics your downloads your youtube channel everything every 30 days and within that 30 days, you see which content each week and which days of the week took off and you double down on that for the next. And then you repurpose the content that took off for the next month as well. So it's just being very strategic when you're measuring like your content and stuff like that.
Yeah, I think that's that's pretty that's a pretty good way of putting it because we do see that with a lot of companies becoming what well, what we call them media companies now, right? So everyone's producing a format or a pieces multitude a multitude of content, but um, they also doing it in various forms. And now some people are either like you mentioned omnipresent, but the ones that are startups, let's say, uh, data driven content would be the ideal way to actually start with content marketing simply because it allows them to have a pure focus and yeah. use their lower right. amounts of resources to produce the better or high impactable pieces of content at scale. Right. So I love that you, I love yeah, that you mentioned we that. We have a, we have a client that just started with us, um, in the sales industry. And so, but it's a co-collaborative podcast from two successful women who already have two successful brands. But here's a third brand coming in that's basically starting from scratch, right? With right. the two of them, because what they teach on their other brands is not what they're teaching on this show. So it can get complicated on that aspect. But when we had a specific podcast launch strategy in place and we had several people leave reviews on the launch of their audio podcast, within the first week they were ranking because we had multiple people support the launch they were uh, they're in the top in business and marketing for their brand new sales podcast. Um, they were in 20 in Mexico. They bumped up to that number 97 in the US, 87 in Canada. So it's about when you do have a, this is a, a startup for them on this particular brand, not a startup for the other companies, but you have to be intentional. Like when it is a startup, like what's going to help you propel to the next piece, especially if you're launching a podcast, because you want to ask for reviews, you want to get rankings, you want people to start listening to it, get more downloads, uh, have people binge, recommend people to binge listen. You know, it's, it's being strategic with that and having a very specific focus. So when we noticed the first month um, with their podcast launch, what st specific things were taking off, they had a video called sales versus marketing. That one took off had 1200 views the first week. And then we said, Hey, we're going to create more content from that, that actually those micro pieces from that content also took off on Instagram and TikTok. So we're repurposing that specific episode again, coming this month. Um, and then they actually had people starting to comment on it as well. People that are new leads, uh, a guy commented on their channel and said, I love this information. I'm going to pass it over to my team. You know, but that could be a potential lead. He's like, he's like, I'm, we're going to implement this sales versus marketing, these strategies in with my print company. And so it's cool to see the interaction with people and, and just paying attention to that. So, um, yeah, so yeah, just be very intentional when you're, when you're, when you're a startup or launching like a podcast from, from scratch where nobody knows this part of, of you or your business, but if you have the support behind you, even colleagues, clients, friends, family on a launch of a podcast, ask them if they'll take a listen and, and please leave a review and, and gratitude, you know? And so it's, it's just like be intentional and you can actually allow your startup to be seen rather quickly as well. Yeah. I think that's a good way of gaining a competitive advantage, right? When you're launching it, especially in the current environment where content marketing well, there's, mm -hmm. there's a ton of content out there and you have to compete with other businesses. I think, um, I was going to ask you actually about that. How can people gain that competitive advantage, but you've already just provided everyone with the strategy. So there you go, everyone. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, um, in terms of the current market, do you think everyone is, 
I don't know if I don't know if you've seen this as well, but do you think everyone's trying to produce like everything right away, and then as soon as they see the new trend, they're also getting sidetracked and not finishing the initial pieces of content they planned out um, to then jump on a trend? Do you think that that could actually harm your growth to some degree, or do you think you should always stick to the plan? Yeah, so our our clients just stick with our optimizable topics, and when so we have a very specific focus for an entire season for a show, right? So this is for YouTube and your podcast and, and certain packages that our clients work with us. They have the opportunity to, to send in quick cell phone clips of things as well. So depending on what level people work with us, like we're, we're like giving them trends too, so they can hop on that when they can, if they want to do so. And they're at specific levels in their business. Cause some people are like, I don't want to shoot anything. They're like, yeah. here is content to repurpose. Here's 40 videos. They can all work. Let's repurpose the summit. Let's repurpose podcast interviews. I've been on other people's shows. Like, let's do this, do this, do this. It really depends on the, the person, right? So like if they have the energy, most of the people we work with, they're not in any like hustle mode at this point in their business, right? So when you think about startups, you think like, I, I'm like, I, I knew when, when my both my companies were a startup, I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm hustling over here. You're working like 14 hour days, you know, this is like 10 years ago. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, I was like, you're spinning your wheels. You feel like you have to try everything. Cause um, I, I am a creative, but over the years I've become more of a business woman versus a creative. Cause in the beginning yeah. it was like filmmaker, director, like YouTuber. And I was like, this isn't what I want to be known for, right? Like I want to be an investor. I want to help other people's businesses grow. I want to help them build their marketing. Like it's all about scaling at this mm -hmm. point. And so like when you have that like specific focus, it really depends on the person too. So if you have people that are like, yeah, I'm like game to record like content every two weeks. And you know, you just tell me what, what to do. We literally send them 25 TikTok ideas to intertwine with content that comes also from the podcast too. Right. So it, again, it depends on the person, the personality, their bandwidth. Do they want to do this or are they people that are, you know, they built a company. They're like, I'm, I'm good. You know, <laughs> they're traveling They're you know, they have their, their freedom to do what they want. They're, you know, going to events or speaking at events, you know, that's a lot of the, the types of individuals that we, we currently work with because we're helping them build their influence and their personal brand at this yeah. point. And so it, yeah, again, it just, it, it depends on the person and, and again, their mentality of where they feel like they have to create, right? Like what, instead of you like trying to figure out like what to create or what's trending, like have the right. team send you a list of like what's trending and you're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll shoot this on this week. If I don't do it, it's, it's you know, it's okay. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. Right. But we always provide topics for our clients every couple of weeks so they can refresh because some of them like love to shoot like additional stuff <laughs> like it's that's their personality right they're they're influencers they're high eye on the disc test on the personality test like yeah. those are the types of individuals like it's very intriguing to pay attention to personalities as well and just like you know the majority of people we work with are industry leaders experts ceos influencers and when you have them take that personality test, whoop, it's they're always a high eye. <laughs> it's like that common yeah. trend of people that want to be seen, they want to be heard, uh, they want to be understood. You know, 
and uh, it's just that commonality on that. So, so yeah, I, I don't ever encourage our clients to just like go in there and like try to feel like they have to catch up with something because when something, when somebody relates to the content in general and they're actually searching for it, you, we want the right people to follow you. It's not like this just virality thing, right? Absolutely. We want people that come in and they sign up for your, your opt-in, your lead magnet, your offer, you know, they sign up for a consult call. They sign up for your service. Like that's the whole thing. It's about the quality and the value that you provide. And then the people who actually follow, like, I don't want like a bunch of 16 year olds following me. Like, Absolutely. You know, they, they might, but like, that's not who I'm going to work with. So I'd rather have like, you know, 50, 50 new followers a week and they're actually qualified business owners that come into our funnel and, you know, have a conversation with our team. Like, I'd rather focus on that versus like, I want 250,000 followers, you know, <laughs> but it's all, it, it's all about positioning though too. So when you do go viral, even if it's not your target audience that just caused the virality, it's great for positioning though. That's yeah. the, the one piece of it that does help on that. I think, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a valid point you make as well, because based on based on personality, even, even myself, right at the very beginning, it was, it was purely hustle culture. And you think of, Oh, I'm going to go and I'm actually going to smash out like X amount of videos or X amount of uh, topics just mm -hmm. around this particular topic. And then you slowly realize that mm -hmm. it either catches up with you or you just don't feel like the recording one day because you found out how taxing it can well, be. Well, and, and the thought, and the thought too, is it just content you want to record or is this content somebody requested? Is yeah. it something that people commented about? Like, did you ask your audience what they like? Like, you'd be surprised. A lot of people just go and record stuff. And I'm like, did you do a poll on your LinkedIn? Did you do a poll in your Instagram and Facebook stories? Did you do a poll, you know, anywhere? Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, what, what do people want to see more of? And people are like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm like, is it all about you or is it about what your audience wants to see? Right. So I'm always asking, what do you guys want more of? I'll send out email campaigns. What content do you want to see more of? If I see a video take off, I had a video take off that went viral that was on Facebook rooms long ago. And you hop on the trend when it launches. So when Facebook rooms launched, boom, people were searching for it. It still gets hundreds of views daily daily and it's because people kept commenting people are behind this was like filmed probably like two years ago but like it's interesting to watch like but i see like okay cool so people are still searching stuff like that so what other content can i create that relate to facebook not necessarily rooms but something updated about facebook right and then link that video to the end of so i update we update the video at the end of the end card on youtube with a new video every so often, because those that watch that Facebook rooms video, it's only like seven minutes long, might as well watch it. So you turn around and you link the new one and then it gets suggested for the next one. Then that video starts to take off on yeah. YouTube. So just be intentional with the content that you create and pay attention to what people actually like, the ones that they're actually commenting, asking, asking questions, you know, and like double down on that stuff and then create yeah. a playlist that's around the topic like that too. So. Yeah, it's very, it's very intentional. I always batch record and I highly recommend it. Like I record all my content in two days, once a quarter, no matter if I feel like it's going out of date, it still gets done. I, pre I prepare it. I have a call to action and it leads into our funnel as well. And so like, I only spend two days out of my, for my own show, two days out of the quarter per my own show. Then I have like guest episodes and stuff like that. And so like, 
yeah, if I set that aside, um, I have my producer come in, I fly him in from San Diego and I have him shoot the content. Um, I used to live in California, so I just kept him because I love him to pieces. Yeah. So it's five minutes. I said, Hey, we're going to shoot content for two days. Let's go. And it's on me and I have to stay accountable because I just made myself accountable because I booked his calendar too. I can't yeah. cancel on him. <laughs> it to. would just wouldn't be right. And so, so I do it that way and not everybody, you know, is at a point where they feel like they need to or want to afford a videographer or anything like that. But I mean, just, it's just about setting your calendar and then don't overdo it. Don't overbook yourself where you are worn out and you're like, yeah, I'm going to record a video every single day. You know, people have that mentality, but I've had clients that have literally said, I'm going to go like back when Facebook live was popping, they would be like, well, I'm going to record a video 365 days this year. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> it's a big, I was like, big I want to see this. I was like, I was like, and I saw some people get, I think the longest someone got, I was very proud of her, one of our clients, she made it to 190 days. And I was like, applaud you going over, you know, five months or what, like every day, but she got burnt out. And I was like, what's the point of creating content and be burnt out, right? Like you shouldn't burn yourself out. Let's be smart about content marketing. So like I said, either start with repurposed content, batch record content, or, or set aside your, your recording schedule. And I don't know if you're like this, but I'm like this. When I set up interviews for my podcast, I set them up on the same day. So I record all of that in the same day too. Like this is my time where I'm going to record guest interviews for my show. And that's it. If someone can't make it, unfortunately, I'm not rebooking because that was my time set aside because like I value my time at this point, you know? And so I understand things happen. People get sick. There's with COVID and all this stuff like that, but maybe it could be on another show in the next quarter, but I value time so much so I can spend time with my family. I just got two new puppies that are yeah. like, they're like <laughs> babies. And I'm like, these puppies are like all over the place. They're so cute. <laughs> so it's like what's important in our lives at this point, you know, like Absolutely. we don't have to hustle and grind our whole life to like, just make something happen. It's, I think when people have that mentality, um, you know, it, it really doesn't, I mean, yes, you can hustle and grind and have a successful company, but is it, it's by choice at that point, right? Like I lead a life very intentional at this point where I'm like, wow, I'm like, I don't have to go into an office. I don't have to <laughs> check in. I don't have to have a meeting every day. I don't have to do any of that at this point, but I did do all that, but it, it wore me down and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, I want to do stuff that I love and I'm passionate about. And trust other people that I can delegate to that will do just as good of a job as me or better. And after I started delegating out, I was like, oh my gosh, all these people are just like better at these things than me. I was like, I don't need to do this stuff. And um, so I know what my strengths are, you know, consulting, speaking, storytelling, like conversations, relationships. Like I've honed in on what I love and what I want to do more of, you know, in 2023 and keep that focus and it's the same thing with creating content focus on the content you want to create yeah, absolutely and then like and, and the t- and the time so yeah. i think it's it, it's pretty cool that you say that because we talk about ceos actually spending the time or being the forefront of the brand especially when you're content marketing and producing any podcast even video mm-hmm. content etc uh, or even writing something like your thoughts right on a on a, on a newsletter or something but it's important that the CEOs sort of take 
command when building the initial like sort of brand, I think. Um, but do you think that there's, you know, yeah. there's certain things, i.e. if I had to ask you what the three things are, a company or CEO should, should know when building and applying a content marketing strategy in any industry, you know, what would those three things be? It doesn't have to be three, of course, Tamara, it could be one, it could be, you know, five. It's just, you're like 15 things. Yeah. 15, we, we can name this, po- we, can, <laughs> we can name the show oh 15 God, things to know. <laughs> um, so yeah like well yeah so it as ceo like what i've learned is first i had to have like a very specific niche or target audience right yeah. so like we determined like we, we do cater to different industries but we really found that our niche was you know successful ceos experts influencers they all had that that influential want and need at this point in their career they built a successful company they have you know most of them have a team managed company they're doing other things like so we honed in on who our target audience was not niche so like if it especially on the startup side like that's like the first thing like if you're and, and then second of course is the marketing so like what how are you marketing it is it like content marketing is it podcast is it youtube is it um, direct mail marketing and the email campaigns is it live streams is it webinars like what is it that you know you're actually marketing so second would be like what what are you actually marketing what are your key offers and make sure you have more than just one thing that you can actually attract people to right so I've had people come to us and they're like well we just have this landing page and we don't have a CRM yet and we don't have yeah you know, we want to use content marketing to, to promote. I was like, well, at this point in that stage, content marketing is going to do a few things. It's going to get you consistent. It's going to get you visibility and share credibility. But if you're trying to leverage a podcast at that point, if you don't have a list, if you don't have an audience, if you don't have a structure that goes into some sort of offer to make sales, then, you know, just know this is not your sales strategy, right? So so you have your marketing strategy. And then third, I'd say you have to have your sales strategy in place with that too, because what what is that? Are you the salesperson? Do you have a funnel? Are you a Shopify site? Like what, what is it that you um, do? And make sure there's multiple touch points with that offer, right? So especially with people that are online or businesses online, of course, there's brick and mortars and other things like that that are different, that can do direct mail uh, marketing, mailers, send out things like that. But at this point, you know, since COVID, a lot of people thought differently and shifted that. So like have something to help build rapport, a newsletter, an email list, things like that, a funnel that can be set up. People can set up things for free, even email campaigns, even as simple as like MailChimp or something, you know, just to get started to build their email list, right? Um, Especially on the startup phase, if you don't have specific big budgets. We've used Infusionsoft, well, it's now Keep for over eight years. And all of our systems are in Keep. They're in Infusionsoft, right? So like they come in, they buy through through a, the, a box. They, they come in, they, they we, we're setting up bots now for basically direct call to actions for Facebook and Instagram. But you can literally like send them to campaigns that click a link and it tracks it, right? So it tags each lead that comes in, right? So what is that? So we have a low end offer where they can do an audit, right? Like. I'm going to sign up for an audit for 47 bucks. Awesome. We're going to tell you exactly what you're not doing on all your social channels yeah. that, that, you know, you can do better. 
So there's a perfect example of how we're leading them into what we do as a service, right? So it's like, what's next? Um, we have a, my course launching, my new course launching for my 2023 course. So that goes into that, that upsell. Um, and then it goes into a funnel of consulting opportunities. So I'm setting up a consult piece on Volley. And then I will also this year, we go into our services, which our, our team helps manage, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, think of different ways because we have a premium service level, but we need to attract people that can come into our funnel and learn about what we do and invest in specific ways and specific offers first, if they're not ready to pull the trigger to join us on the service level um, yet, right? So, but people are aware of what we're doing. So they're getting, you know, newsletters each month, or they're getting notifications of the updated new podcast going out, like get people that want to that enjoy the content and they'll consume it more through your email marketing as well. So it's about thinking about different ways again. So for, I'd say is email marketing after you figure out your sales funnel and push that piece that way. But it's, there's so much that like as a CEO that you have to think about, but the biggest thing is to delegate. And that's like, like I can't stress it more, uh, but that like after I started delegating, I'm like, Oh geez, that's so much better. I'm like, why, did I, why was I doing that for like, four years, you know, <laughs> there was yeah. no reason to do that. Um, and just have a bigger mindset. That's the be best thing for you. Like work on your mindset, be open to different verbiage. You know, I don't ever say the word if I say when, <laughs> when we hit this, Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like everything just is a perspective of change and shift. So just, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is literally mind mindset and um, focusing on that, that industry. Yeah. And even, even I've been, even myself, I've been a culprit of that where we are just producing content, but there was no, there's no in essentially to, uh, my particular, like my, my particular business, i.e. growth, growth vertical, and then like actually looking at helping people in growth marketing. And so, you know, as a podcast, we look at, oh, okay, there's probably no CTAs. If there is a CTA, it's probably just, oh, just follow and just share and maybe like as well you know the standard stuff but then some people are like hey but, maybe but, that, but that's like a yeah i mean and that's not gonna help you you grow it though Absolutely. like if you're gonna grow your following base right and if there's no call to action people feel don't be ashamed of call to actions that would be what i would say to people because um, I have conversations with so many different types of people, CEOs, marketers, like people would be like, oh, I don't want to be too spammy. I don't want to be, you know, or, or there's other ones that are like, I have to have a call to action in every single post, you know, and it's like, it needs to be a happy medium, mm -hmm. right? Where you're dispersing content and allowing people to make the decision to work with you, right? Yeah. So why not, if people are listening to your content, they, they like you, they they like something about you. Maybe like, like your guest, I don't know, whatever it is, like you have to, you have they will to, after this, <laughs> you know, and so, so it's like, I used to, I did stand up comedy when I was 20 years old, but we won't go to that wow. story, but um, I, am pretty, I am pretty witty to <laughs> do a stand up corner. Um, or a sit or a sit down corner, whatever that looks like. But um, so what we what we do is um, yeah. But in that method though, it's like it, you know everybody's everybody's right, right? So it's like nobody's wrong. Everybody's doing something in a specific thing, like. And then like I always tell people, 
if you're not putting a call to action link, you must have a call to action within your verbiage, right? So if we know that Instagram right now is doing like one liners for mm -hmm. the copy and like an arrow pointing down, like what's your favorite blah, 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 <laughs> you know? Um, it's like, it's an engagement post or like comment the word event um, if you want to learn more about our upcoming event or you're giving them a direction to do something. It, we, we think in our minds like, oh, it's a given if you ask them a question there that they'll just answer. But in psychology, when people are reading, they're just scrolling. But if you give them the thing, like, like say comment the word event below, you're, they're like, oh. I'm going to go comment. Very right? easy. If you just yeah. ask a question, they might not, they might not answer it. It's very intriguing to me, but when you give them that call to action, if it's a link or if it's a, an action or to engage, asking them to engage in the post, you have more opportunity to actually get more engagement. I think that's where people mess up, right? So you could be like, click the link in the bio to listen to the full podcast. Uh, comment the word event below to then like the chat bot goes out and, like sends them the information if you set i mean you have to get that complex but just examples you know yeah it's like give people a call to action even if it's like drop an emoji high well, five you know whatever, yeah. whatever that is on the platform yeah it's, it's gonna get more engagement period you know and and um having like really strong titles on your instagram uh, reels and your covers we create covers for our, our, our clients. So it's like, it's like bold and it's like in your face, it's short. Um, you know, one of our clients is in, is a celebrity nutritionist, right? She works with Cher. She works with, um, Robert Downey Jr. A lot of different people. And, um, and one of the, the, the ones that took off the first day, it had 30,000 views to the reel. And it was like, why, like why artificial sweeteners like are bad and people, yeah. of course people are going to click on it like oh, I, I like I'm, I'm i sure use it every day i need to see this my coffee <laughs> i need to see this you know so like it's almost like the call to action was like on the the cover of the video yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like be strategic on your micro content and then like you'll just get better engagement like because if people if something's like stale or it's like you know, like I'm very animated. So my content, I'm like, Hey, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, somewhat stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, it's like, be intentional, see what works, test covers, test questions, ask them to do something in the comments, you know, emoji, whatever it is, uh, or click link in the bio, whatever the call to action is, even if it's not a direct link, like have them do something, but also build your list, not just your following, build your email list, build yeah. your offers, build something, you know, give them the option to actually buy, you know, cause that's, that's what majority of people listen to podcasts because they're listening to be either inspired, intrigued or purchased from somebody. Right. And so that's really what's uh, important that I've seen for our clients. It's interesting because a lot of people look at podcasts and they'll say that they don't think that you can, you're going to purchase from it, but that's actually how you could increase your chances of bringing additional revenue, <laughs> I was like, right? BS. <laughs> like additional yeah. revenue as yeah, well, like, like five BS. to six figures. <laughs> yeah. I could, t I literally could tell you like case study after case study after case study. So, um, yeah, and that's, it's, and it's all a mindset thing. So like an example, so one of your clients, Melissa B, she, literally started with us nothing right i was like she's like do you think you can help me grow my podcast she's like my youtube has five subscribers 
and it's like my mom and my kids. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, let me tell. What's your industry? She's like very specific. She was like, it's um, it's in aging and like dementia, Alzheimer's, stuff like that. Things that that people are legitly searching for. I said, how many competitors do you have? And she says, to be honest, with what I want to do, there's only one that's like doing everything I want to do. That's become a very big influencer in her space. I was like. Well, this is great. I was like, because we can double down on similar types of content based on the offers that this one competitor that she sees yeah. is doing. So we taught her how to put together these offers. She launched her first book. She turned around and started hosting workshops. She started getting speaking engagements. And then we taught her how to pitch sponsorship. So she had it after working with us for five months, and she's now in her third year working with us. After five months, she had a, a content video that took off um, on Alzheimer's, 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's. It took off. It had like, it had like 50 million impressions and it's just like, boom, like, oh, it's got like 2.8 million views as well. And then I said, okay, they, the audience has spoken, create another video very much just like it. So another 10 warning signs of I quit the Alzheimer's. And so boom, that video took off within the first week. It had like 530 something thousand views. And then we, we said, okay, we want more of this content. So she started listening to us um, on that. She's got over 25,000 subscribers on YouTube now. She gets thousands of downloads to the audio podcast. And then she started being approached by uh, companies and um, universities. So she's partnered with George Washington University and other organizations where they cover our costs. And they've covered our costs in full for the last year and a half because they're partnerships, sponsorships. And she's been able to position herself um, and relatable content for her channel on, you know, Alzheimer's and aging and things like that. And so it's like, it was very intentional to have our clients focus on ways to make money. Yeah. Not all shows want sponsors and partnerships and that's fine, but there's other clients that have like, an example, one of our clients, he, he hadn't, he wasn't on TikTok yet and he's, he's already an influencer in his space, but he also had, had a decent following. But when we said, hey, let's create some more content around this type of content, let's see what happens. So he started taking, creating how-to videos in his industry. And he turned around and when he started creating how-to videos, he had a video that took off. And in 60 days, he went from 200 subscribers on TikTok and we grew it to 40,000 followers on TikTok. It surpassed his Instagram of 27,000 followers. Yeah. And then he was approached by brands. He's already a keynote speaker, but he was... Uh, he was actually approached by industry brands and generated another $177,000 to his bottom line in 60 days by high professional corporate booking keynotes, like yeah. literally reached out because of TikTok. So when people think they can't make money from like podcasts or like think differently, that's like the biggest thing. And of course we've gotten plenty of people that are like, I got this new client because they heard my podcast. I get clients as well. People are like, I literally, this guy literally two weeks ago, I got on a call with him and he said, um, he's like, I had to speak with you. He's like, I binge listened every single episode, like all week long. I was like, first off, I was like, that's cool. I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> I, don't know, I was like, hmm. uh, I was like, I was flattered. And so he was like, I'll, all I know is after I finished it, all I know is I need to work with your company. Yeah. Boom. Like easiest, easiest sale ever. 
so that was because he listened to my podcast. So people just need to, you know, think that they can, like they, they can, you can, you will, you, you take action, you do, you fall on your face, try again, <laughs> you know, it's, it's what it is. And, and if a content doesn't take off and you put all this time and energy into it, let it go. Like the other thing people like, so like the biggest books that I've learned from the four agreements. So the four agreements was a book I learned from like a dozen years ago. Mm-hmm. Like always do your best, be impeccable to your word. Don't make assumptions and don't take things personally. When you leave, live by those four agreements, your mindset shifts. And then I read the go giver, which is also one of my favorite books as well. And it's about, giving value all the time to your audience you can tell your top trade secrets online without feeling like i can tell everybody our exact system and how many people are gonna actually go out and do it right you can try to hire somebody to do it but the, the, the the thing is is the majority of people are listening to you even if you give all your golden nuggets of everything that you do how yeah. many of them will take action and actually do it or hire somebody mm-hmm. that because when you tell people so much value, they already feel like they know you, they know, you know, your stuff. And they're like, I want to hire you. And so that's the biggest thing there. It's like, give your best, like golden nuggets, give your best value. And then people are like, you're so you're smart. Like, <laughs> like your strategy sounds amazing. Let's have a talk. Perfect. And it's just, yeah, when, when you give value, uh, Go Giver by Bob Berg, um, he literally, like, I read that book and I was like, this is how I live anyway. So I was like, cool, I'm doing something good in life. Like, provide value first. If you want to get in front of influencers, if you want to get in front of other CEOs and experts, like, show them value first. Never make it about yourself. Always put it about them. Like, if you're trying to get in, in touch with Sarah Blakely from Spanx, even though she just sold the company, like, send her a box of the, well, this is just an idea. This is things, the type of things I do. So like send her a box of a giant box of Cheez-Its because I know she loves Cheez-Its. So sending a big box to the Spanx office, you know, is going to get somebody's attention because they're like, what is this huge box? And then they open it. They're like, well, it's Cheez-Its and Sarah loves Cheez-Its. So why not get the attention? Who in the world sent me this box of Cheez-Its? Get some conversation started. If you know there's a CEO out there that you want to connect with and you know that their favorite football team is the Philadelphia Eagles and you know their favorite player is this, why not find an autographed helmet if you can and send it to that person in a very large box? Like you're going to get attention, you know? And so like go-giver is like give value first, give presents first, you know? Some people aren't gifts people. I'm not, but I like to give gifts and I like to think creatively and thoughtful. And so when you're thoughtful with that stuff too, like it's the same thing with content marketing. Be thoughtful. What do people want to, what do people like to see, you know? Yeah. And so it's the same thing with content, I think. I think it's it's, so, it's, it's important yeah. that you mentioned that because I guess it's crucial that we look at both when we're looking at data-driven content overall um, or content strategy overall. Yes, it should be data-driven, but we should focus on both quantitative and qualitative to sort of combine and, and give us that that ultimate strategy. And I know that we've talked about going after the right intent. So going after data-driven content, uh, looking at what, what's currently trending or resonating with your current audience in your niche, et cetera, to actually measure, you know, the impact that each of the pieces of content are having on what your key metrics are, of course, you mentioned. But there's one thing I think you alluded, you were alluding to earlier, which is optimizable content. You know, uh, you know, what what is that and how can it be used considering 
to, to actually generate those millions of impressions that you were talking about from the right target audience. So you're asking what, so with the intention of the topics? Um, yeah. So like not even the, the titles, intention of the topics, like, but the optimizing, con creating optimizable content. So um, a creating content that you can further optimize in order to continue generating millions of impressions. Because I think you mentioned earlier that you've created content in the past, but even two years later down the line, for example, with Facebook, Facebook pieces of content, you know, it was still having an yeah. impact because you were still optimizing aspects of it, right? Correct. Yeah. And so on that note, like, again, we, we literally say like, well, we, that's why we pay attention to analytics every 30 days to what's taking off and create double down and create more of that or repurpose something that, that took off on that, that level. Uh, we also do market research every quarter for our clients as well. So we, we lead with the same, same idea, yeah. but we create an entire list of like 50, 50 new topics for them to, to record. So we, we plan ahead. Um, based on what we've seen on the back end and tools that, that we use, you know, if it's literally like, if you're looking at like TubeBuddy or VidIQ or keywords everywhere or whatever SEO tools that, that you're using, we use multiple tools to be able to check and cross check across the platforms because people will be like, oh, well, I use TubeBuddy. Great. But VidIQ over here shows your score of like 28%. It's not showing you everything in TubeBuddy. So I'm like, so we have both. And then we also have keywords everywhere because we want to see what people are actually searching for on Google because Google, you know, YouTube's owned by Google. So it's like, we're, you know, be intentional. And then, um, yeah, but I think like, that's the biggest thing is just paying attention to the content that has taken off, create more of it. And then things that are in the past, you can repurpose from that again to put out there because uh, I've got shorts and reels and stuff that go out. And I was like, my team's posting it out and I was like, didn't that already go out? I'm like, yes, of course it did, but it took off. So let's go get it again. Yeah. You know, cause not everybody that saw it is going to see it again. You know, and it's just a, it's just a, um, it's actual strategy, right? Just repurpose the stuff. And what you can do with Instagram is if you felt like, oh, you didn't want that video, like on your feed again, you keep it on your Instagram. You just remove it from your feed, but it's still yeah. in your reels. Yeah. So if people click over the reels, it still can get traction. So there's ways for people who are like, oh, I don't want to repurpose that again. But if that video took off, why not repost it, remove the other one from the feed, but still live on your Instagram. So there's yeah. just, there's different ways that you can do that. So. I think that's really cool. I appreciate, by the way, that, we, you know, we've talked about a ton and I feel like I can ask you questions because you, you have so many case studies and you've done so much. So, but I, I think um, yeah. I wanted to ask you like a final question and it's up to you how you answer this, of course, but uh you know, what underrated, I'm up for it, Neil. Let's go. Okay, I'll throw it at you, <laughs> but what underrated tool are, are indispensable for your team? I'm like, yeah. When you're, when you're, mar when you're marketing a business, tool. yeah. That are indispensable for your team when like, marketing a business. So like a tool that we like our team, like as a must use, like in our yeah, process, yeah. basically. Like it's definitely like, in yeah. your tool belt and you would never let it go. And it's, it's mm -hmm. the ones people, it's a type of tool that no one really talks about. If you have any, of course. Good point. Um, you know, the, the new, well, newer one that's fun, um, is, uh, well, 
we well descript is kind of fun so like descript you know is in there because you can like edit transcripts you can edit captions you can video edit you can do like I'm not saying that all of our team like uses that, but it's kind of a cool newer tool that that's useful. Like, yeah. But honestly, like the best the best tool that <laughs> sounds cheesy, but the best tool that we use every day is is Trent, which is our transcription service. <laughs> um, there you go. Because we transcribe hundreds, the team transcribes hundreds of podcasts every week, and so like we we utilize a transcript. So if it's if it's trends um, or rev.com or, you know, otter.ai, anything that's a transcriber, like even mm-hmm. Descript has a transcription in it. Like it's very powerful for what we do because we have to be able to pull, you know, compelling stuff. We have to have the transcript to anything that we work on. And so people might think like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But honestly, it's like a game changer when you have transcripts to work with because you're you're finding the 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 content. So we're creating um, LinkedIn newsletters with the transcript, or we're actually editing transcripts for those that that want the transcript because you can use a transcript as a free download opt-in on your website, right? So another marketing strategy is for those that don't have time or want to listen to an hour-long podcast. They might be someone that enjoys reading. Why yeah. not offer them the transcript, but make it make it a free download where you can get them to opt in to download it. So you're collecting their email address. Um, you know, but we're pulling the the timestamps for TikTok and all the stuff. We're pulling quotes. We're pulling all sorts of stuff from the transcript. So it all just dirt with the transcript, um, and that's really what's uh, what's helpful. I know there's a lot of different tools out there right now. Um, AI chat, um, GDPT, like there's a ton of stuff that I'm like in there, like pulling stuff I'm like this thing's super smart. But what happens is even if you're using like Jasper or those chats and AI, you have to understand though, there's going to be a point where it's pulling the same content all the time. Like it's Absolutely. just, it's pulling from the internet Yeah. and people have to realize that if they're trying to pull content ideas from these AI bots. If it's not something that's just reformatting the way that you wrote something and it's directly pulling something from the internet, they literally just allowed plagiarism. <laughs> so so um, it's very interesting to see where the AI parts go, but some of those tools are really fun right now because uh, we can create TikTok ideas in a matter of like 10 seconds. But on that though, they pull the same stuff, no matter how you rephrase the type of topics you're looking yeah. for, it's going to still start spinning out very similar stuff. So at, mm-hmm. at the long, long game, people are saying like, oh, well, I can get rid of my copywriters and I can do this and AI is going to replace this. But definitely not the, the, the meaning of having a hu- human touch is very important, I still believe. And you can use those tools to help speed up certain processes, but because they're pulling from the internet, you just have to be careful because it's not really within your own words as well. Yeah. And so like, just be aware of the direction AI is going to help and it can definitely help in different ways, but nothing, nothing ever, you know, relates more to people than I believe in, in writing and communicating and speaking in a way that's more humanized. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I literally had a, a friend of mine, he posted this this thing about AI on his on his Facebook, and I I was like, I was like, did AI write this? Because <laughs> he was like, you can tell, you can actually tell, like take take over. He was like, he was like, no, he's like, I wrote this, and I was like, huh, 
I was like, I was like, well, I think it's important for us as humans to be able to write, you know, in a way that can connect with people too. Because if you, in your own writing, you start to be writing like these AIs do, our our writing itself is going to turn robot robotic in certain ways. Yes, some of it is very helpful, but like, yeah, I don't ever believe it's always everything that we taken over by AI and other things like that. It's just a yeah. tool that can help us get faster in certain ways. But I like that the human touch and having real copywriters, you know, you know, and they pull profound statements, and, you know, and stuff like that. So I appreciate our team. So. Yeah, it's for a brand, right? And it gives you personality. I think that's important at the end of the day. I and mean, even for chat GPT, I've used mm-hmm. AI tools before, but I found quickly that you need an editor at hand or someone, some form of a copywriter at hand so that you can help them, uh, so you can help they can help assist in terms of editing okay. things up. I have not even got access to chat GPT actually. Exactly. And as a growth marketer, that's kind of embarrassing because I'm still in the waiting line because mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to test it out. But um, yeah, let, let's I, like, I, I like it. I like it. It helps me create TikTok ideas. But like, <laughs> that's like, that's what it's helping. It's, yeah. That's what's helping right now, but uh, it can pull topic ideas really well. But then again, like I said, if I turn around and restructure the question like three different ways, it's still sending me very similar topic, Absolutely. like depending on how you position it in that industry. And so I was yeah. like, the first time you're like, wow, this is a game changer. And then the second time you're like, okay, cool. I think there's a few more on there I could use. And then by the third one, you're like, okay, I think all of those were in the previous two <laughs> chats, <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay, well, at least I got some topics to, to just bash out. And yeah. so that's really like where I see with it. So it, it can be helpful, but those that are like out there creating reels and TikToks, like I'm replacing my whole team. And I was like, mm. yeah, just, just, just be wary of people AI. help support you. People yeah. are what help you grow your company. It's the culture and the go-getters and the, the people that are passionate about what they do that stand by you and your company. Like when you hire the right people, like, you can have robots, AI and stuff, but it's the people that help you scale your company. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for that, Tamara. Um, you know, there we have it, everyone. You know, as B2B founder, startup founder, marketer overall, you may think that getting started with content marketing is super difficult um, and may prove to be a slower path to growth, but it's actually not if you do it right. You know, and that's been proven by Tamara on on multiple cases and explicitly shown to us today. Um, There are ways to actually turn your startup into, you know, a growth engine, but also into this sort of micro media company, which we see these days and to get the right content in front of the right audiences, which people have been using from a more data-driven standpoint. You know, Tamara's kindly shared quite a few case studies as well on how people can be more, uh, create that more impactable or impactful pieces of content that's more data-driven, but uh, no, Tamara, uh, thanks for uh, coming on today's show. You know, it's been amazing. Honestly, it's been insightful. I've loved every minute of this. Uh, And there's definitely a lot of information, a lot of strategies and tactics and um, direct tactics that you actually shared that people can go and implement. You guys better go implement it because some of this stuff's really, honestly, you should be doing it straight away. Um, But yeah, I feel that people can take a lot away from this actionable insights. Um, I appreciate your time here. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to connect Thank you with so you, Tamara, much, Neil, for having me. No, it's 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 a pleasure. But if people wanted to connect with you, how can they do that? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's different ways. Obviously, I talk about omnipresence. You know, I'm over on YouTube. I have my video marketing for business podcast. 
uh, Instagram and TikTok, Tamara Thompson official. I'm officially Tamara Thompson. Apparently Tamara Thompson was taken. So I'm the official Tamara Thompson on those platforms. <laughs> but if you're looking for some free, free resources, uh, you can go to broadcastyourauthority.com. On there, we have a, a, a free guide that you can download seven ways on how to repurpose your podcast, uh, specific ways and strategies that we also utilize for our clients. So yeah, it's broadcastyourauthority.com and you can pick up that free guide. Awesome. I'll link it as well below so that no one loses the links and you guys can go find it freely. But uh, no, I appreciate you guys all joining Thanks. us and we'll see you guys in a future episode. Take it easy and thanks for listening or watching whatever you're consuming this. Take care. Thanks, Tamara, once again. Thank you, Neil.